Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 108. I am thrilled to have a guest on the show today and to be talking about something a little different than usual. Today I am talking to small animal veterinarian and life and weight coach Dr Nadina Kojakuru and we're talking all things cats, dogs, weight loss and emotional feeding and emotional eating. And the question that I would like you to consider if you're a pet owner is, are you emotionally feeding your pet? Something for you to be curious about. And actually, even if you're not a pet owner, I encourage you to listen into this episode as we also talk about general weight loss as well. And you may even want to consider whether there are people in your life who you may be including in your emotional relationship with food without, of course, you realising it. Listen in to find out more. Okay. Hi, everybody. Very pleased to welcome Nadina Kojakaru on this podcast episode. Nadina is a small animal veterinarian and a certified life and weight loss coach. So Nadina, thank you so much for being here with us today. And I'm yeah really excited to be talking to you about your new program, which we will tell everybody about in just a moment. But for right now, would you just like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Thank you for having me. I am so delighted to be here with you. And I met you while we were through co- went through coach certification together in 2018. It was quite an amazing journey for both of us. And I am born and raised in Romania, mm-hmm. and uh, I am currently living in Sweden. We moved here for almost 12 years ago to work as a small animal veterinarian. If my Swedish journey wouldn't happen, I would be in the UK. <laughs> Uh, it was like I, I I was almost at my wit's end with help uh, with waiting to to move to Sweden, and then it happened. Some I planets know. might have aligned or something <laughs> in the yeah. skies. So I moved to Sweden to to work as a veterinarian, and I worked throughout my career in different types of clinic environments, like small clinics or where I was the only vet or two vets clinics or big hospitals where I helped building the emergency department. And we started in a hospital with 20 employees and we grew it. When I let go of that hospital, we were like 70 something employees, one of the biggest emergency department in our area. And then during this journey, I noticed that there is something different about myself or between myself and my colleagues who suffered a lot of burnout, a lot of work-related stress. And I worked a lot, especially after moving here to to build the, the emergency room department or yes. the emergency department at that hospital. And I've noticed that People told me like, oh, you cannot work that much. You will get burnout. It's not sustainable. What are you doing? And all those things. And I was like, no, I'm not. And no, I won't be burnout. And I've realized later on that 
the only difference between myself and other colleagues was the way I, I was thinking about my job, about my relationship with the animals, with the pet owners, with even with the clinic uh, or the hospital's management. And that was really clear for me after I discovered the Life Coach School podcast. Mm. It was like the missing piece that completed the puzzle. Yeah. So, yeah. so as Nadina alluded, we first met in 2018 in life coach training in Texas in the US, which was an, has been an amazing experience, an amazing journey. So just sort of you were saying that, were you aware of your mindset being different to some of your colleagues after the training? Or was it that it was naturally different and then you were just able to understand what was going on for you after you were trained as a life coach? I just knew that something was different, you know, and to explain a little bit my journey to become a life coach or a weight loss coach, yeah. especially, I struggled with my weight my whole life and losing, gaining, losing, gaining. I was like, I think I have a PhD in dieting or something like that from the age of 14. And I was searching for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, let's count calories, let's eat just two apples uh, every day. And, uh, you know, all those yeah. crazy, crazy diets, diets and body image things like, okay, I'm tall, so I must be a supermodel, but I'm not 90, 60, 90. Even if I'm skinny and I'm not eating any food. So all, all those shenanigans. So that was my journey searching for some new diets or healthy recipes, food recipes on YouTube. And then I crossed upon a YouTube channel with a lot of delicious foods. Mm -hmm. And then that lady mentioned that she was a life coach through the life coach school. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> like I was moaning my loan. It was quite late. It was, you know, Swedish nights uh, during yeah. the summer are quite long. <laughs> and I remember the exact spot where I was in my yard during that, that thing, listening to the podcast. And my mind just exploded because Brooke Castillo said, oh, you know, your thoughts create your emotions and your emotions drive your actions. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's the explanation. Yeah. That is, that's, that's why I don't feel burnout. That's why my experience of my life, my relationships, or my work, it's so different than my colleagues because I'm thinking differently yeah. about my, the same circumstances, you know, yes. 20 people waiting in the ER. Oh my God, we are under attack and all those kinds of things. Oh, the manage uh, management has to do something. And I was like, oh, giddy, let's do it. You know? <laughs> Let's go through them and just take energy and become more, more energized by being able to help so many people. So that was the difference. In that moment, I've realized, oh, my God, that's the thing. The way we think influence, influences everything in, in our lives. So yeah. uh, from that moment on, I started to follow the podcast and basically started this life coaching uh, journey and joined the coach certification training in mm -hmm. 2018 because I wanted to help other colleagues to have a different yes. experience with their jobs and to feel great in their bodies and to heal their relationship mm -hmm. with their bodies, with their jobs, because it's not so funny currently in our, uh, in our profession. There is a lot of burnout. There is a lot of suicide ideation. There is, we are one of the professions with the highest suicide rate in the world. So yes. it's a big problem. And, mm -hmm. uh, 
a lot of those problems come from the relationship that we have with ourselves, with our profession, yes. and uh, with the pet owners, for, for sure. Yeah. Yes. yes. And in terms of you know, a lot of the listeners of the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast are all on their sort of weight loss journeys to creating the relationship with food that they want. Any sort of any, I guess, any tips, any advice? What are your favorite thoughts? What are your mindset shifts? Any anything that you would like to share? as an example of what works for you, because it's all about what we find within ourselves. Yeah, I think, and the neuroscience is there, the way our brains work to have a sustainable weight loss journey or to have a sustainable change of any habit is to root it into self-love and self-acceptance. Yeah. So as I said, the neuroscience is there how our brains are wired. And the moment we start to love ourselves and the way our bodies look like right now, yeah, it will build that respect for ourselves, for our bodies. And everything is easy after that, I think, because if I accept my body, I won't harm her or I will make a pact, you know? I was just discussing with somebody recently and they asked me why I stopped drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I was never a heavy drinker. I was never blacking out or, or really, really heavy drinking, but I was drinking a lot. So yeah. uh, I was drinking more than for sure. Even, you know, after a hard day at our jobs, it's there is a meme that I currently hate a little bit because it's like uh, our profession, you know, the vet profession, start your journey with your fuel for the morning is coffee, the fuel for uh, the afternoon is wine or right. booze in general, you know. <laughs> so I, I don't like that, but I've used alcohol as well as a tool for taking the, the edge off and all those kind of thoughts that a lot of us who are over drinking have at some point. So the moment I understood how alcohol affects my body, mm -hmm. I was like, that's a no, we're yeah. not doing that uh, yeah. anymore. And don't get me wrong, I, I had the social part attached to the wine or to the, to the alcohol. I have a, I found out that I'm a natural in uh, tasting wines or going to, I was to a really fancy champagne tasting and uh, we were supposed to write on a piece of paper all the flavors, the first flavor. And I was like, all of them were on point. And the lady was like, oh, how long have you been doing that? I was like, uh, that's my first time. <laughs> so there is, there was this social, you know, glamorous thing of having cocktails, having nice wines or nice whiskey or scotch or uh, whatever, brandy, whatever. Yes. But the moment I deeply started to accept and love my body as she is, I couldn't do it yeah. and uh, anymore. It was like a hard no for me. And everything else fell into the same pattern. So if I allow myself to notice how my body reacts to some foods or mm -hmm. to some, some combinations of foods, then I know and I won't do, do that again, you know? Yes. Yes. And that applies, that is like the macro vision, mm -hmm. but that applies to every single step that I take every day. So mm -hmm. it's not just a fluff, a big fluff, you know, of, oh, I love my body and uh, I accept my body. It's just, okay, what feels great in my body today? And that is what enters my body. And I don't like feeling stuffed or, you know, when we overeat and we eat too much, that sensation is, I prefer hunger to be, mm -hmm. to be 
uh, as, as a sensation in my body than yes. to be stuffed, to, to, yes. to feel that heaviness that lingers for a few days in a row. And uh, um, that, is, uh, that is not how I'm treating my body uh, mm-hmm. anymore. So that respect for my body is reflected in the way I treat my body yes. uh, every, every day. Yes. Yes. So it's all about our thoughts or our vision about the foods that we are choosing, even if, you know, on our food plan, or even if we don't have a written food plan anymore or whatever, it's how will that feel in my body? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a no or a yes Yes. for me. And And sometimes I make pacts, you know, with my body, like, okay, it's a popcorn evening because sometimes I have, I'm having dinners with just popcorn. And yeah. I know that I will feel a little bit strange in my body after eating uh, popcorn, even if I'm doing it, I'm making it by, by myself with like organic mm-hmm. coconut oil and uh, my favorite my favorite type of uh, popcorn. But it's not my body's preference to have a dinner just with popcorn, but it, it feels great in my mouth. So yeah. sometimes we make this pact like, okay, body, we will feel a little bit uh, strange uh, tomorrow. It's okay. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so it sounds kind of silly, but I have a dialogue with my body yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. And so the three things I'm taking away from that are, so absolutely unconditional self-love. And I often talk mm-hmm. about how you have to love yourself first. It's not about yes. you love and appreciate yourself when you're the way you are. You have to love yourself the way you are now. I think the other thing I picked up on what you said was being like sort of aware and educated about the effects of certain foods and drinks on your mm-hmm. body. And then the third one in terms of there's always going to be a little bit of balance there. So it's mm-hmm. sort of understanding, I guess, making a choice that you really want to make. Yes. So weighing yeah. up the pros and cons and really having that choice and knowing that you're always in control of that and you always get to choose. Yes. And so that brings me on to the reason that I reached out to you is because I heard about your new course, which is for owners of overweight cats and dogs, and also possibly for other vets. You have to tell me a bit more about that. Yes. But So yeah, so tell me more about your new program, which is all about how to stop emotionally feeding your pets. Yes, I've noticed a pattern. So being a vet and then knowing how our brains work as as a life coach, I've noticed this pattern over and over and over again, even in my clients who are veterinarians. So the first is, and it's quite revealing for a weight loss coach as well. Mm -hmm. So there are different dynamics of overweight pet owners, overweight pets, normal weight pet owners, uh, really overweight pets, or all kinds of combinations of pets. And I can see immediately when they enter my vet clinic, what is going on mm-hmm. in, in that dynamic from, from the way they interact with each other or how they react to, to the idea that their pets are overweight. And the problem is from weight loss coach perspective, mm-hmm. I know how much internalized oppression and discrimination there is uh, against overweight human bodies. Yeah, There are studies, this is scientifically proven that uh, if you live in an overweight human body, you will get discriminated, you will get less raises, you will, uh, even if people are not aware of that, it's not intentional, but we are absorbing since infancy, we are floating in an ocean of biased opinions about overweight bodies. So I don't even want to start with Disney 
cartoons or Disney movies where all the princesses are so, you know, unnaturally thin and all the villains are overweight people. And so let's not go there because yeah. I will rant <laughs> a lot yeah. about that. But that that is that is a reality. Yes. So uh, we live in a world that is biased against mm-hmm. overweight human bodies. And we know as humans or the vast majority of humans who live in overweight bodies know how much they suffered mm-hmm. to try to lose weight. And they know that is, or they think they know that, oh, it's not working. No matter what I'm doing, it's not working. When you are not doing it, as I said, rooted in love and self-love and know without knowing how our brains work, how they will, how yeah. our brain habits are changed and so on. So they know as pet owners that, or they believe that is their current belief that it's really impossible to lose to permanently lose weight, mm-hmm. or if you are doing it, you will suffer. Yeah, and it's painful, <laughs> which is not our experience as weight coaches, yeah. uh, <laughs> not mine way. and not Claire's experience either. Yeah. We are not doing it like that. And the moment you open your mouth and s- say something uh, like uh, your pet is overweight, or we have to do something about your pet's weight. Yes. The vast majority of people go in stress response or trauma response. Yes. They go into fight, flight, fawn, or freeze response, mm-hmm. which are normal stress responses from our nervous system. Mm-hmm. So depending on how your brain is wired, you will go into a sympathetic nervous system response, which is fight or flight, or in parasympathetic nervous system, which is fawn or freeze. Mm-hmm. That is normal. Mm -hmm. So no matter which one of those stress responses get triggered in your body, even if you are angry, you go towards anger or to flight from, you know, yes, or you are fawning or freezing. The main thing is you will block the information. You will get angry. You will want to fight. You will have those kind of thoughts like, oh, that was mean, you know, uh, oh. The vet wanted to shame my 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 pet. Oh, yes. oh they are shaming me, or all yeah. those kinds of things, you know. And if we don't know that that is going to happen, and that is because of all that internalized oppression and all our beliefs, and that those responses are normal, we tend to block mm-hmm. every information that comes after that without mm-hmm. acknowledging that there might be something about that information that might be useful for Fluffy. <laughs> Let's yes. follow our pet Fluffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, Fluffy exists and it was a uh, thing 60 kilograms Rottweiler. You wouldn't expect <laughs> a Fluffy. You would expect a Maltese or something. No, it was like yes. a 60 kilograms Rottweiler <laughs> Fluffy. Brilliant. So the moment we t- go into that kind of stress response and we are blocking the information, we cut the communication with the vet team mm-hmm. and we don't help Fluffy lose weight. Yes. So yes. I think that is adamant for everybody to know about how our brains and, and how our bodies are wired with our brains yes. and that those responses are happening no matter how we sugarcoat the information, we will feel shamed. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, and I, I can relate to that from taking my own dogs to the vet, <laughs> not necessarily from an overweight perspective, but just mm-hmm. from, you know, are they sort of in a good enough condition? Have I been taking care yes. of them well enough? Like, you know, I, the dog needs to go on the scales. It's like, is she, is she underweight? Is she overweight? Do you have to yes. It's, and so I can really relate to, I know mm-hmm. for me it, it would always be shame. Wouldn't necessarily think that the shame, I'm being shamed by my vet, but mm-hmm. I can recognize within myself mm-hmm. straight away those feelings of shame, which yes. of course would could relate to having gone to the doctors myself previously. Yes. And of course. also having concerns about getting on the scales and being overweight. Yes. So it's just fascinating, it really is. Yes, it, it, it is really fascinating. So that that is why this course is important for, for veterinarians as well, to just know a little bit about how our brains work, how to communicate with their pet owners in a more humane or deeper level. Yes. And I think the the problem with the vet profession is that we usually don't have time in our that is a really 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 deli- uh, delicate conversation and from my experience this is one of the longest appointments that I usually have as a veterinarian it usually takes 30 to 45 minutes. Yes. To slowly and kindly address this problem. And after becoming a life coach myself or a weight coach myself, I mean, I'm like a ninja with with, uh, uh, helping my pet owners lose with their pets losing weight because I know how to approach that without the shaming or the blaming to know how to discuss with that with them about about that issue which is one of the one of the biggest or painful experiences of pet owners coming to the vet yes. and another aspect uh, that i've noticed going beyond that first layer of stress response in our bodies the the other thing is if you are currently or have lost your weight or you are in a weight loss journey yourself mm-hmm. you might have thoughts about your food. Mm-hmm. For instance, I have pet owners who have this thought or this idea, oh, at least Fluffy can eat whatever he likes. Right. That says a lot about your food plan. Yes. And the way you think about your food plan. Are you not allowed, quote mm. unquote, by your restrictive diet to yes. eat whatever you like? <laughs> yes. yes. You know? Yes. It's if you have this thought, at least Fluffy can eat whatever he likes. That says a lot about, about how, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And I see the our pets, especially dogs, but even cats as a mirror. Mm-hmm. They are like, a, they are reflecting back to us, our thoughts, our emotions, you know. And if you are finding yourself having that thought, yeah. it's an interesting awareness, you know. Yeah. Why yes. am I thinking that about Fluffy? Because, by the way, they don't care what they are eating. <laughs> you know, it's uh, they don't feel emotions in that way that we think they yes. feel. They they don't feel shame, you know, in that all those complex emotions, those are not necessarily available for pets. They are living in here and now they don't have that prefrontal cortex to plan. You know, yes. they might mirror your current state, Mm -hmm. So if you are angry, and that might happen, by the way, in a vet clinic, if your dog is feeling your anger towards the vet, they might uh, become really aggressive towards the vet. Even if you are not expressing that 
Yes. Or even if we as humans, we don't pick up those things, your dog is your mirror. They can read, there There are mirroring neurons in, in our brains and they are picking up the emotions. They are not thinking, but they are the energy of our emotions. They can read that, yes. the, the true emotions. The kids are doing the same, by the way. Young kids have the ability of picking up our emotions from the adults. It's a yes. survival mechanism. So yes. when we think... And in that way about Fluffy's food, then it's quite interesting to reflect upon why do I think that I am not allowed to eat whatever mm-hmm. I want? Because you actually are, you know, and I'm sure that Claire has talked a lot about how to plan and how to, that we are, there are now no bad foods or, you know, all, mm-hmm. all those, uh, all those uh, shenanigans like bad foods or not allowed foods and so on and so on. Yeah. So it's uh, quite interesting. We are living vicariously somehow through our pants and we are continuing overfeeding them yeah. because we have some unexplored thoughts about our way of eating. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. I think I possibly thought about it that maybe a lot of overfeeding was coming from maybe being seen as an expression of love. And so Mm -hmm. I was curious about that without sort of seeing what the negative impacts might be on a pet's health. It feels like you're being very, very loving. And again, we can probably relate that sometimes to Mm -hmm. our own relationship with food in terms of thoughts about treating and rewarding ourselves. Yes, exactly. We can draw there as well. Yep. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I I usually tell my my pet owners that when we discuss and we come together to to the conclusion, what is Fluffy's best food uh, or how to, to feed Fluffy? And I always tell them, okay, you have the daily portion of the food and everything that goes in fluffy's mouth comes from that jar and if it's uh, if it's like wet food it comes from the container of the wet food and uh, fluffy is getting food from the jar from fluffy's daily portion a lot of fresh water kisses and hugs and fluffy is allowed to breathe because mm-hmm. breathing uh, never made us gain weight you know and they're like what <laughs> what are you saying <laughs> it- allowed to breathe yeah because you know all those other questions are coming like oh how about cucumbers or how about bell peppers but how about some broccoli you know and I was like "Mm, no let's put those uh, to the side and just give fluffy the best food that is promoting weight loss or uh, a healthy uh, healthy body and a lot of kisses and hugs because there are studies who show that there is a oxytocin secretion is happening both in our brains and in Fluffy's body. Yeah. So we feel connected and we need that connection with our pets. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when the pets are the only living, breathing beings around us, those pets are really, really important for our mental well-being. Yeah. And that is provided through hugs or a body interaction with your pets, not necessarily through food. And uh, I don't know if you know about the 626 rule, six to prolong your life. Right. You need need, uh, a daily dose of six second long kiss. Yes. 20 second long hug and a six minute of cuddling daily. And that prolongs our life uh, tremendously. Mm -hmm. And you can get those through an interaction with your pet as well. 
mm-hmm. not necessarily with another human being. Yes. So if you are thinking about, oh, six second kiss, it's a freaking long kiss. If you don't like that person, you are just, just try it, play with it. Don't kiss your cat or dog if they are not willing to do it. <laughs> Because uh, some of them might not be interested in in that kind of interaction. I have two cats and they're like so different about that. One of of them uh, is like, no, let me out of, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And the other is like, oh my God, you're kissing. The moment we are starting to make the kissing sound, even if she is deeply uh, asleep, she's like, "Hmm? me, me though, you know, I want to kiss. It's like bananas. Yeah. So they are they are really different as well. But yeah. you can express your love, and I'm talking about that in in the course. Dogs have we think that they they need just you know some food and that's it or mm-hmm. sleep, mm-hmm. but they need to they need social interaction as well. Yeah. So they have like five natural healthy behaviors, and sleep and eating are just two of them. Mm-hmm. They they have to be able to play by themselves. They have to be able to play with, with other dogs or other animals in general to run freely and to go on walks. Yes. And by just providing them with food, we are just addressing one from five behaviors, wow. natural healthy behaviors that they are supposed to experience yes. in order to have a fulfilled dog life you know and if we are focusing just on food we are creating that vicious cycle of overfeeding them and depriving them from the other healthy behaviors because it it breaks my heart to see those really overweight dogs just barely going you know behind their pet owners dragging their feet with that dolly expression on on their faces those are not happy dogs no Mm. matter how much they are wiggling their tails when you give them food they are supposed to do that but their natural healthy behavior involves a lot of playing to to run freely of course in a in a supervised environment to use their brains as well to to play games and so on and so on. The same is true for cats. They are supposed to climb. They are supposed to to hide. They are supposed to uh, to hunt. They are mm-hmm. supposed to uh, scratch. And we are not even seeing those cats. At, at least the dogs are getting out somehow yes. to with their pet owners. But I think cats are so misunderstood and sometimes overlooked because if you are not taking your dog or your cat at least once every year to your vet to get them checked or to to receive that feedback about how, uh, exactly how, how you said, Claire, it's like, yeah, it's not uh, something that we are we are not looking after mistakes or, oh, you are not uh, a good pet owner. Of course, you're a good pet owner if you came with uh, with your dog or with your cat to be checked. So cats are all, we don't see them. They are suffering in silence. Nobody sees them. Nobody understands what they are looking, what they are going through and uh, right. how, how they look like. And there is a lot of, as I said, a lot of joy yes. and natural healthy behaviors that needs to be fulfilled mm-hmm. on top of just yeah. feeding and sleeping. Yeah, for and sure. 
Talking about cats, I did ask within the Lose Weight Live Life community if anyone had any questions. I shared I would be talking. Mm-hmm. And the couple, I two, two a couple of questions came back and they were both about cats, actually. Mm-hmm. So if I just read those out, are you happy for me to read those out to you and, and yes. see if you've got any advice for the cat owners? So the first question was from Elaine, who has got a nine-year-old rescued cat, a tabby. Mm-hmm. And she or he was put on Royal Canin, dry, a dry and wet food by her vet about a year ago, and he needs to lose some weight. They said it would help with him constantly being hungry, but it has, hasn't. She says every time one of them moves even near the kitchen, he almost trips us up, constantly meowing and wanting food. She says, as we don't know his history, I don't know if he's maybe had issues with food or lack of it before she got him. So she says he basically bullies us for food, but he's a lovely boy. Any help would be appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I don't get from the question if the cat lost some weight or not. Um, I think it sounds like he, if, if he has lost some, he maybe has more to lose. She also says he gets a wet pouch in the morning and about 45 grams of dry food throughout the day in four sittings. But he's, oh, she says he's barely lost any weight. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. Yes. So that's the um, the thing that I, I'm addressing in, in the course as well. Just because a cat or a dog do that thing, you know, that behavior doesn't necessarily mean that they are hungry. It's just the thing that they trained us, you know, they do a behavior, Yes. expect a response from us. We usually give them food every time this happens. Yes. And then of course they will, that will reinforce that neural pathway of uh, continuing that kind of behavior because it was fulfilled, you know. And I give you the example in the course with my own uh, cat, the the kissing cat. And if she does that, or she was doing it a lot as a kitten, jumping on on our table while we, we were eating. And I just, I decided with my husband that we don't want that behavior to to be happening. So we used something that is not harmful for her, for instance, offering her a slice of lemon. So for us, it was quite hard because she likes a lot of food. <laughs> she like tastes, uh, t- uh, tastes uh, everything and is really interested in all foods. Yes. But that, that did the trick. So if she was jumping on the table, we just offered her a slice of lemon and she uh, smelled it and we're like, oh no, I don't want that, you know? And then uh, she stopped the behavior. So right. it took us a while. Yes. So you have to be consistent with like any habit, even with your kids, or you have to be consistent and sometimes not offering them that food. Yes. And as I say in the course, cats are really hard because it's uh, they are not allowed to lose weight too fast. So yes. I wouldn't be discouraged if the cat hasn't lost any weight. I even have a little spreadsheet uh, in the course, both in uh, pounds and in uh, in kilograms, uh, how much weight is a cat or a dog allowed to, the max amount of weight that they are allowed to lose per week. Yes. And especially for cats is 0.5% of their current body weight, which is like tiny, tiny uh, mm-hmm. amount every week. I encourage them to weigh their cats every week for sure. And if the cat is not losing weight, you use that chart. I suppose that amount of food was recommended by your vet. So if you use the recommended food 
and you do all the things. You are strictly weighing the food. It's really, really important. Royal Canine did a gorgeous study in uh, all the Scandinavian countries. They took all the vet nurses mm -hmm. uh, in all the clinics that were uh, willing to do to participate in that study, and they did the study throughout a year. And they, you know, how you have that cup. And uh, you are weighing the food and then you are having, you are drawing a line on the cup and then you are measuring the food with the cup. Yes. Um, they proved with that study that if we are using this method, the amount of error yes. in uh, actually food that the pet receives is plus minus 30% of their daily portion. Yes. So Royal Canines stopped recommending to measure it with a cup. They yes. recommend actually weighing the food right. every single day. And yeah. that is what I recommend as well. Yes. And imagine that those were not pet owners. Those were veterinary professionals knowing that they are part of a study, you know, okay. so double, double, double or triple awareness about what they are doing. And yes. they still got it wrong with yeah. a lot of food, you know, plus minus 30% is a lot of food. Yes. So it might be not necessarily that your cat is hungry anymore. It's just a behavior. It's a learned behavior. If they are meowing or are doing that kind of thing, they yeah. will receive food. Yes. So it's a little bit up to you. I usually tell my pet owners to disencourage this kind of behavior, not doing it, not not give them satisfaction of, of receiving that thing. Yes. And in approximately one week or two weeks, the behavior will fade away and they will learn the new the new feeding uh, feeding time. If your cat, if you are doing all the things by the book, you are feeding the cat with the, the amount of food that is recommended by the vet and they are still not losing weight for four weeks. I would consider lowering the amount of food or sometimes to switch to another uh, food brand. Okay. Some okay. of the cats are losing weight only if they eat wet food. They are not a really, a really nice protein-based wet food that, yeah. that will give them volume. Mm -hmm. But be really aware if your cat is eating or not. It's really hard to switch the foods and to watch for too rapid weight loss. Don't get really excited about too rapid weight loss because that might mean that your cat is not eating enough. Right. So uh, that's why I recommend in the course, that is like the first awareness thing, weigh your cat or dog every week to yeah. know if they get enough food if they are losing weight too fast you have to increase the amount of food or to do something about it uh, as i said 0.5 percent body weight per week for cats and one yeah. percent uh, body weight per week for for dogs uh, the scientific studies say 0.5 percent to two percent body weight per week for cats or one to 2.5 percent body weight for dogs. Mm -hmm. I keep myself on the lowest recommended weight loss because especially if you are not doing it with a with a vet involved and you are not keeping a, a close contact through emails or stuff like that with your veterinarian, I would for sure recommend the lowest body weight loss, losing percentage of body weight per week to be yeah. to the to the lowest percentages. Yeah. 
Thank yes. you. Thanks. I've got one more question just quickly. Irene said that her cat Snuggles needs, needs mm-hmm. to wait. She's the same as I do, but she doesn't like going outside much because of the cold weather. How can I persuade mm-hmm. her to go out and be more active? Not all cats want to go out. And some of the cats are actually suffering when they are going out. They get stressed. So uh, it uh, is not a preferred thing for all the cats. So what you can do inside is to try to activate your cat daily. And I say in, in the course, start with one minute mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. you know, just move some things around, you know, so uh, you're willing probably move the food bowl or make some, uh, some adjustments at home, like see what your cat likes. For instance, some of them are really happy with chasing a laser uh, yeah. throughout the house. Yeah. Some studies say that they are actually getting frustrated about the laser point. So now there are some uh, really nice tools that have some feathers and some uh, laser point, you know, so you can point the laser on the feathers that you are playing with. So they actually catch something, you know, because they get frustrated, they are chasing the laser point, and then uh, they don't get anything, they don't get what what is that and how, why they are not able to catch it. And I can say from my personal experience, some of the cats don't, are not uh, impressed by the feathers, they just want to chase that laser point. (laughs) And some of them don't want the laser point, point, just want the feathers. But I would recommend to now, to be more inclusive about your cat and to ask, to to see what your cat actually wants yeah. to to start with a toy that has both uh, a laser and some feathers and then to try to move with that around the house and see what's happening another thing that is really really important is get your cat or your dog checked by the vet because unwillingness to move in general might mean chronic pain Right. Yes. And you have to, there are so many amazing modalities right now to treat chronic pain in both cats and dogs. I don't know if you have available in the UK, uh, Solencia and Librella, which are some really fancy new new medicines uh, against uh, arthritis and chronic pain. Right. And that don't have any side effects. You can use them with chronic uh, kidney failure and all those uh, those shenanigans or kidney or liver disease and so on and so on. So ask your vet if to check your, your cat or dog for mm-hmm. sure to see if they are in pain or not, uh, because it creates that vicious cycle of not moving, just eating and then gaining weight and then not moving. Yes. And it might be pain related. Yes. We've, we've had... A lot of pet owners who said, oh, my God, I wasn't aware that my cat was in such a pain until I gave the cat Solencia, that new medicine. I now see the difference, how my cat is moving and uh, just be open to the idea that assessing pain, especially chronic pain in dogs and cats, and cats are even worse than dogs. It's really hard, even for vet professionals. But uh, have your cat checked and you can have a lot of fun activities inside the house. Uh, as I said, don't overwhelm yourself or your cat. Start with one minute every day mm. and then increase it to two minutes and then three minutes and check the weight. 
to see how it goes. If it's not working with, with the brand that you are currently using, try to switch brands. Don't be open-minded. I know that some of my colleagues might be a little bit uh, righteous about what they think it's appropriate to feed our uh, dogs and cats. I am more open-minded about that in the regard that if it's not working, it's the same with the diets, by the way, Claire, uh, Claire, you know, what works for me doesn't work for you. Why should I treat my pets differently? You know, just it's just because I know that uh, that brand or that brand, that brand worked for the most of my pets doesn't mean that I won't have those pets that need something else. So I'm open-minded. And if they are not still not losing weight after four weeks, I will for sure, switch the brand. Okay. All right. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. So yeah, I really appreciate you being on here. So thank you so much. How can listeners find out more about your program or follow you? Where should they go to find out more about you? So I am, uh, because of my surname, (laughs) you know, I don't use my name on social media, just on my private uh, Facebook or Instagram pages. I'm uh, Nadina Kojokaro on them, but my business page uh, is uh, at Vet Coach International uh, because I'm a vet, I'm a coach, and I'm pretty international right now. I've worked with vets from over 20 countries by now and still counting. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they can find me. My website is www.vetcoachinternational.com. Brilliant. And I'll put those links in the show notes yes. as well for people. And they, they can find the the training there, the, the course there. Uh, and it's really practical. It has all those things inside about how to communicate with your vet team, what to look after, how to know when to let go and to find another team of vets mm-hmm. that might, of vet, vet professionals that, that you can communicate with because you need to feel loved understood, appreciated, because you are one important member of uh, the team that takes care of your pet. You have exclusive access to all the knowledge that there is about your pet, for sure. And you should be included and to feel included and listened. Yeah. And to to just be, be open to communicate with your vet team, for sure. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for being here. Ooh, really. Welcome. Brilliant. So fun. Thank you. So fun. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The program offers different levels of support to suit you, including self paced learning, twice weekly calls, private coaching an amazingly caring community, and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.